Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Smashpod. Welcome to SmashPod, a podcast celebrating all the Bond films by those who enjoy, hate, or aren't even asked about them, hosted by me, John Rain. We will be delving deeply into Bond, tackling a different film each episode with an exciting guest by my side. As we're doing it chronologically, and this is the third episode, this week we will be talking about Goldfinger. Yes, Goldfinger. My special guest this week is writer of the amazing at Galactic Keegan Twitter account, which details the space adventures of a futuristic Kevin Keegan, Scott Innes, who can be found on Twitter as at flying underscore inside. So without any further ado, let's talk about Goldfinger. Who are you? My name is Pussy Galore. I must be dreaming. So, Scott Innes, it is Innes, isn't it? It is, yes. You don't mind me calling you Scott Innes? No, that's fine. You don't want me to call you, like, Galactic Kev or anything like that? No, no, that's fine. We, we know each other. We do, so. we do, we do. You know, we go way back. <laughs> um, so, we are tackling here Goldfinger, which is, you know, like a, yes. a, the holy grail of Bond. Mm. So, you've seen it before, right? I have. I, I was... I'm not. My relationship with Bond is is quite new, so to speak. I I think I was 30 before I saw a, a Bond film, and I'm I'm 32, 33 now. Right. I'm, I'm one of those ages. I mean, my birthday's in a few days, so that's why I'm hedging my my bets. Oh, okay. But yeah, and, until I was 30, I hadn't seen any of them because in my growing up in my household, my mum and dad were never interested. Mm. Uh, my brother was never interested. I was always a a Star Wars, Jurassic Park kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, my obsession also, and there was the the period where I watched the Ron Howard film Willow every day for a year. Every day for a year? Pretty much, yeah. Like a little bit before school and then a bit more when I got home. And yeah, it was a little bit of an obsession back then. When you were a child, did you find the little uh, tiny men annoying? Yes. Yeah, good. Good, me too. I felt like I was cynical. but No, no, no. Yeah, there was far too yeah, too much yeah. Uh, as far as comic relief goes. So yeah, so Bond was never... I, I seem to remember, I think my uncle, who thinks the moon landing was faked, he was... <laughs> 
a big Bond fan. Oh, great. But then he also, he also thinks Jaws the Revenge is the best Jaws film, so... Oh, well, he's, in, in many ways, he's right. <laughs> but in so many ways, he's not. He's very wrong, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so you hadn't watched Goldfinger for a long time then, I take it. No, yeah. Oh, sorry, I was, yeah, to finish my point. I, yes. I hadn't seen any until uh, until Sky Movies, I think around the time... I think it was around the time they got the premiere of Skyfall. For, for a year, they kind of stole the rights from ITV and had all of them That's on, right. like, on demand. And I think during that period, I thought, right, I'm going to watch them all in a row. So over about two months, I watched all, whatever it is, 23 at the time, 24 Bond films. So and, where, uh, yeah, where does Goldfinger rack in your... It's a top five, definitely, without yeah. doubt. It's a top five, yeah. Not my absolute favourite, but it's way up there. So, uh, yeah, it was, very, it was a pleasure to rewatch it uh, in advance of this. Yeah. So the first thing I want to talk about, really, is, mm-hmm. um, you know, after uh, Bond uh, messes with uh, Goldfinger's card game? Yeah. With uh, Jill Masterson? Mm-hmm. And then seduces her? Yeah. Uh, and then, obviously, um, drops that terrible faux pas about the Beatles? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because uh, in, in, very much in your voice, I've written here, that's poor from Bond. <laughs> and it really is. It is. What's the exact line? Is it something like, uh, unchilled wine is as bad as listening to the Beatles without earmuffs? That's right, yeah. I mean, all right, Grandad. That's rubbish, isn't it? It really is. I mean, it's like, oh, no, go on, it's just, oh, it just really bothers me even just thinking about it. <laughs> Counterculture is just around the corner, and he's talking about dissing the Beatles. Unbelievable. Um, it must anyway. have been a kind of, you know, that was in nineteen sixty four. Must have been like I wanna hold your hand, that kind of peak of their, you know, their kind of early fame. Yeah, but I think at this point probably people thought about them as just an annoyance, like a kind of Westlife. They are very much spiritual kind of, you know, siblings, aren't they? Westlife and, and the Beatles in oh, so many ways. Oh without, without a doubt. They all fly without wings, as it were. <laughs> and oh, um, there was a carry on film where they took the piss out of the Beatles as well, isn't there? <laughs> carry on don't, one... don't lose your head. There you go. <laughs> My, my carry-on knowledge is probably... Oh, actually, I should probably say, for the benefit of... Mr. What the Kite. Listeners I have, Sorry. <laughs> oh, that is actually excellent. I'll, I'm pretty jealous of that. No, I was going to say, for the benefit of listeners, uh, I have next to no knowledge of On the Buses. So with the exception of this little mention here, hopefully this will be the first of, uh, of Smirsh Pod without a mention of On the Buses. But you could have just said nothing. <laughs> now, now we've got three in a row where someone said it. Oh, well. I was, just, I was yeah. so hoping we wouldn't do it. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Moving on. Um, yeah, so, so Bond gets knocked out by odd job, right? Mm-hmm. And and when he wakes up, Jill's painted gold. Yes. Okay. But I keep thinking, what? How awkward would it have been if Bond had woken up like fifteen minutes earlier and, <laughs> and looked up and saw this giant Asian fella painting yeah. a woman, and literally like half done? Yeah, that's a good very point. awkward, wouldn't it? I mean, is that why they call him odd job? Does he also actually just do odd jobs? <laughs> Yeah, well, if there's any gold paint left over, you can kind of come down, you know, do the banister, that kind of thing. Exactly, yeah, yeah. But painting and decorating, karate, throwing hats, that sort of thing. I'm right thinking when, when he knocks out Bond at this point, when he's in the fridge, yeah. or looking at the fridge, he does it with his hand. He doesn't use the hat, does he, at this point? Oh, no, he uses his hand. Yeah, I thought he Because well, one question I had about the whole hat thing, sorry to jump ahead a little bit, mm, was mm, mm. his first demonstration of it at the golf course is he decapitates the statue with it. Yes, and then later on, he when he kills or takes out, uh, is it Tilly, Jill's sister? Is it called Tilly? That's when right. she's waiting for the And when that situation, he hits her, you know, with the hat on the side of the head, and, and doesn't even seem to break the skin. No. So that's the same hat that decapitated a, a statue. What I'm wondering is whether he has like a kind of row of hats all hanging on a wall of various like strengths or, or sharpness. I reckon so. The, the big one's called the fucker. <laughs> but he can't talk, so he just kind of points it and goes ah 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 ah, and, and is like, yes, the fucker. It was probably a deleted scene somewhere on the DVD. It definitely is. I'm wondering why Oddjob can't talk. He just kind of goes, ah, 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 ah
Yeah, and it does explain that. It doesn't really explain much about him at all, does it? He's does raised it? by dolphins. Kind of like the Jungle <laughs> Book, but the aquatic version. <laughs> also, there's a bit at the beginning that actually turns my stomach, you know. Go on. You know where um, Bond gets out of the uh, sea? In, in the uh, He's got this scuba kit on with a duck on his head, which makes me yeah. think of Blackadder. Um, <laughs> and he gets in his white tuxedo, which they, they copied in True Lies. I don't know if you've seen that. Yes, that's true, yes. And then he gets his, like, toothpaste bomb. And there's this really sort of unerring moment where he's kind of, like, milking this bomb out of a very phallic uh, tube. Yeah. I just thought, that's, that's, that's not good. If I was eating Weird, a dinner, I'd be a bit like, oh. I think I was distracted. But in that scene, when he when he kind of finds that secret doorway into that little room, hmm. it's the fact that just... I don't know why it made it stood out to me. It was the fact that the light switch, just like, like the kind of light you would have in someone's living room, there was no kind of, I don't know. I don't know what I would expect, but it was just this kind of very kind of uh, boring Fun- little... Functional. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think I was hoping there'd be some kind of panel of uh, buttons on a wall that would like, operate it, but it was just a kind of, you know, like the kind of thing in the living room. You'd yeah. Like and that. I think I was so distracted by that. that I... He was putting the big light on, <laughs> yeah, as basically. Peter Kay would say. It'd be better if he was a clapper. Oh, yeah, that would have been... American yeah. things. Like... I'm sure cool. Q was working on it at the time. I bet he was. We need to talk about Q's fingers, by the way. Jesus. I wrote down nice. Q's fingers, underlined several times, yeah. Oh, they're horrible. <laughs> I mean, Blu-ray. I watched it in, in Blu-ray, and uh, yes, and um, they they don't do him any more favors either. It looks, I mean, surely you must know, like the day of that that day's filming, they're going to have close-ups of my fingers while I show all these gadgets. And stuff. <laughs> Is it just that you didn't realize, or you just thought I don't care? I'm not, you know, I'm I guess he just doesn't care. Doesn't care. I'm, 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 I'm glad he's dead. I say, I'll put it that way. He doesn't care about his <laughs> fingers. By that far, but. Uh... Yeah, we're horrible, though. I mean, I noticed it in From Rush With Love, and I thought, oh, maybe it's a, a, a double, because you yeah. know, he's only in it for a minute in there. But this, he's, like, properly showing stuff with these, like, horrible sort of... like like It's like he chopped the hands off of a corpse. <laughs> maybe that's some kind of no fingerprints on these gadgets kind of thing. Maybe that's part of the... Maybe. The work. I don't know. Maybe well, so. Actually, no, it doesn't make any sense. There'd still be fingerprints on a dead, uh, dead body, wouldn't there? Yeah. They don't, they don't disappear as soon as you die. But did you enjoy um, Bond's um, horrific sexist moment where um, he what? smacks... Well, exactly, which one? <laughs> he smacks at the beginning when he's meeting with Felix. He smacks the girl on the bum and goes, man talk. Man talk. <laughs> my, my wife, Laura, was watching that part and she was in the background while I was watching it and her jaw literally dropped. <laughs> um, did yeah, you explain that pretty... these were innocent times? <laughs> innocent times where men were king. <laughs> I don't think I used those exact words. Oh, maybe you should. Uh, I think the moment's probably passed now. Yeah, but that I, wasn't the that was the, even that was the first kind of one. Quite, I don't know. If, again, maybe I just missed this. But in that kind of pre-credit sequence, when um, he's uh, taken the kind of the belly dancer up to his room or up to his room and so on, yeah, just before he gets ambushed, and there's the strange scene where he sees the, the, the reflection of the of the assailant in her eyes, yes. which seems slightly unlikely. He then uses her without any hesitation as a human. And then after killing the guy and you know doing the whole shocking thing, it's the sort of walking. thing Eamon Holmes would do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a uh, father's well, justice. Does, does does he know at this point that she was in on it, or is he just so unfeeling because he walks out and leaves her on, on the floor and doesn't you know just goes very shocking and then walks out? He doesn't kind of. I think I think it insinuates after the fact that he knows she's in on it because he says shocking and then he looks at her and says positively shocking. That was it, yes. <clears throat> but um, <laughs> at that moment in time, no, you have no idea. So, yeah, he's, <laughs> so he took a punt on that, didn't he, really? Yeah, he's used her as a human shield, <laughs> very much the way Eamon Holmes would do. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, so then yeah, so that's kind of almost like the kind of you know the build up to then the kind of arse slapping and the man talk kind yeah. of thing later on, which is. And the other thing about that scene where, where he first meets Felix and Felix points out there's Goldfinger is how unimpressive an entrance it is for a, a villain, a title character villain as well. Mm-hmm. He basically walks down these hotel steps in these kind of horrible gold PJs, yeah. looking like he's a kind of you know, a tourist who's just he's in the huff because the breakfast wasn't up to scratch or something like that, and he kind yeah. of comes to play cards. It was not the most kind of you know auspicious entrance for a villain. Not really, no. But maybe they're making a statement about um, something. That's above my head. Possibly. Oh, here's another question. Sorry, I keep these things keep popping into my head in a random order. But yeah. his name is obviously is Auric Goldfinger. Yeah. Is that his actual name, and the fetish was just a kind of nominative determinism or some kind of coincidence, or did he kind of rename himself after realizing he really got his kicks out of gold? I don't know. I, I hope it's nominative determinism. It would. Yeah, that would be quite fun. Because you know, it'd be good if Odd Job's real name was like Ian Odd Job, <laughs> and they met at like nominative determinism anonymous. <laughs> Ian Danger Hat. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, Steve Moonraker. <laughs> there. Um, yeah, it's not the best uh, entrance, as you say. He just kind of waddles down these stairs, doesn't he? Yeah, it's not not great. Not glamorous. And, and he's dubbed as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it does kind of stand out quite a lot, that as well. <clears throat> it does. Apparently he was very bad at English and just kind of generically murmured. <laughs> and they, they dubbed him. Uh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. But I want to talk about how Bond uh, met two women in this film who were mm. doing very nicely, thank you very much, and got them killed. Because he met yes. Jill's job, as far as I could make out, I've written this down here, her job was basically to watch him play cards and help him cheat yep. and, and hang out with him with no physicality because Bond obviously <laughs> asked that question. He basically says, are you fucking him? Yeah. She says no. And, uh, you know, within a few hours she's dead. Mm-hmm. And then when he meets her sister... Uh, he's basically like, I quite like you. I'm going to crash your car and almost kill you. Yeah. And then, yeah. I know she's going to kill Goldfinger, but I can't help feeling that had he have not put her in his car and driven her around like a maniac, mm-hmm. she probably would still be alive. Yeah, that's the first shout. I think all the women in this film, I mean, I know Bond has that obviously chauvinistic reputation, but I think this, I, I can't remember all the other films, but this seems mm. to stand out as one where I think women are t- treated quite shabbily. There is that horrible... I find it quite horrible that moment where he does uh, finally, um, you know, uh, get his way with with pussy galore. Oh yeah, towards the end, which is a bit rapey, properly grim. Yeah, to yeah. watch. Yeah, so and it's, he... it also uh, suggests that Bond's penis is magic because uh, he uh, sleeps with pussy galore. At which point, she's well in on this plan to kill everybody and rob Fort Knox. Mm-hmm. And then later on, it turns out she's the one who phoned Washington and told them the plan. Oh, that is a good point, yeah. And also, Bond must have thought when he woke up after being knocked out by Oddjob and he sees Jill painted gold, for a second he must have thought, shit, did I do that? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I might want to go and get myself checked out. (laughs) I might have some sort of rare sex STD that turns women gold. Sort of like a sexual King Canute. No, not Canute. What's the one who turned things to gold? Uh, Midas, King Midas. Midas, thank you. Canute wouldn't have done that. No, he'd have just disappeared and left it to me. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, and and um, later on when he meets with M, mm-hmm. M saying, you know, we had to talk to the police about it because obviously the police got involved as well. So it must have been quite awkward. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. To explain, I mean, we've all we've all had a, a dead woman in our room, but you know, never, <laughs> never been gold. No, no, that's that's a step too far, isn't it? Really? It is really. It's poor. Yeah, it is poor. 
They've let themselves down there, frankly. They have definitely let themselves down. I <laughs> was <laughs> um, oh, talking of them. I liked the moment when, you know, when uh, Bond um, goes to see M. Mm-hmm. Um, and M says, you know, get your tie on. We're going to see someone important. Yeah. <clears throat> and that person says, um, here's, here's some brandy, you know, have some of this. And Bond drinks it and says, is this disappointing brandy? <laughs> and M says, what's wrong with it? And I, I wanted him to say, I'll fucking drink anything. I don't care. <laughs> because uh, he, he always looks like he's very drunk. Yeah, he looks like he has, he has given up on the job and he's really just going through the motions, doesn't he, really? After that incident with Bond in Hong Kong. <laughs> As discussed uh, previously, yeah. Yeah, previously on Smash. Yeah, um, <laughs> I also enjoyed um, yeah. Bond when he played golf with Goldfinger. When Goldfinger looks like kind of Toad of Toad Hall driving around. <laughs> yeah, but Bond's caddy. Kind of looks yeah, like he was great. He kind of looks like an uh, an ex gumshoe with a drinking problem. <laughs> he does actually, yeah. He made me think of Happy Gilmore when he's got a homeless caddy. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit reminiscent of that. It's actually. like, have you got a caddy? No, right. Well, we'll just get this fellow sleeping rough in the bushes. He'll do it. <laughs> <clears throat> I was kind of hoping he was going to become a kind of uh, kind of lucky, a little sidekick for the rest of the film, but he he does kind of disappear. He wanted to be, didn't he? He, he definitely was building his part up a lot. Wasn't definitely, he? yeah. So yeah, go I that goal so, sequence. It was, I think, it reminds. It was obviously there's a kind of a, a Simpsons parody of that, isn't there? In the, in the um, whole switching the golf balls around. Yes. I remember which episode it was now. Um, is that the Hank Scorpio one? Um, yeah, I'm not sure. It was with Mr. Burns, wasn't it? Um, oh, that's the casino one, isn't it? Oh, God, I can't remember. No, I just I remember the scene with that, and uh, yeah. Anyway, that's what it reminded me of, uh, which is terrible. You know, seeing the kind of the, the kind of parody of it before I've seen the actual thing, but um, yeah. At least it wasn't the rules for stud poker. <laughs> Which I always enjoy, that one. <laughs> it was Homer. Homer's fault. Aren't you going to tell me your plan? Not this time, Mr. Bond. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. oh, dear. But yeah, I was, I was thinking, I wrote down here that our jobs hat is impractical. But yeah. that was before you came up with a better idea of him having a sort of varying degree of hardness for the hats. <laughs> I think that would work better. But the thing that bothers me is that Bond um, puts the tracker in Goldfinger's car. Yeah. Um, and Q shows him how the tracker works. Now, one mm-hmm. th- two things bother me about that. One, how the fuck would you see that while you're driving? <laughs> yeah, that's it's a good this point. this little yeah. white dot on a tiny map that you'd never be able to see. I mean, I- I've used a TomTom, and then, you know, that's hard enough sometimes. But also the beeping. It's like constantly going beep, Yeah, beep, I know. I thought that beep. as well. That would drive me insane. And very unglamorous locations at the start. I mean, I'm sure on the main location on the map when he first puts in South End on the Sea or something like that, I seem to remember. Yes, he does. Which isn't quite up there with the Bond glamour, but... Um, no. But yeah, it wasn't the most practical. And even when he puts it in the boot of the car, it's a little bit... I don't know, it felt a bit careless. Like, odd jobs just kind of loading up the front seat or the back seat, and he kind of... He's just loitering, kind of, with no... There's no reason why he'd be loitering in the car other than to put in a tracking device, and he makes no pretense at uh, hiding away when odd yeah. job returns, you know. No. But it worked. It did work. I mean, so who am I to question his methods? Well, exactly. He won. How many? How many missions have you got under your belt, eh? Uh, single figures, unfortunately. Yeah. So yeah. Well, that's actually quite good. Sorry about that. <laughs> I don't like to break. Um, but he obviously follows Goldfinger to Switzerland, isn't it? Mm. And that's yeah, where he bumps into the aforementioned Tilly, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Tilly. Yeah. Yeah, and where we see Burke Quack. Yes. Yes. No longer with us, sadly. No, no. But obviously looking for a hen. 
And um, you see Goldfinger Avenue at Pinewood. Did you see that? Oh, I missed that. Well, they, where they have the car chase, there's, there's a bit uh-huh. of Pinewood, which they've now named Goldfinger Avenue. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, that's interesting. And it's a top fact for everyone listening. Oh, that's a very enjoyable that. And I enjoyed the the old lady security guard. Yeah, just pulling out a machine gun, the old frau. I was frau. I was saying a minute before that, what the fucking use would she be if anything happened? And then she turns up with a big machine gun. And I thought, mm, fair enough. Yeah, she was a bit incongruous when you first see her at the kind of the lookout post, the sentry point thing, and then and then she could handle herself. Yeah, she definitely could. I wouldn't mess with her. No, absolutely not. So, what did you um what what did you uh, make of Goldfinger as a villain? I thought he... I was obviously criticising the way he looked earlier and that fact he didn't look that imposing, but maybe that's part of its kind of charm that he doesn't look like your obvious kind of, you know, um, Darth Vader-y kind of figure. Not that he would be dressed in a Darth Vader outfit, but, you know, he doesn't look like an obvious villain. And maybe that's actually part of its strength that he just looked like this kind of weird-looking, schlubby, unimposing figure who is obviously a criminal mastermind. I mean, to be fair, Darth Vader wouldn't look <clears throat> as imposing if he was just wandering down some stairs. <laughs> yellow pajamas yeah to play cards yeah and also in terms of that card game i i don't think i would ever feel comfortable playing a card game with somebody who's wearing such an obvious earpiece i mean mm. i'm not saying i would necessarily assume oh there's uh, there's a lady on the balcony above watching with with binoculars but i would certainly think that was an unusual thing to do but he did pretend to be deaf didn't he oh i missed that oh well, it's not that yeah unusual. he got them to he got the guy to repeat his question and pretended to turn up his hearing aid i think i was so kind of kind of entranced by the the yellow pjs that i must have just missed the very start of that scene you were entranced by the gold <laughs> i bet donald trump loves him oh yeah donald, donald trump very much is a gold finger hi this is craig robinson from ways to win and support for this podcast comes from invesco qqq Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com So, the name Pussy yes. Galore. Yeah. What are your feelings on that? Not good. I mean, I, you know, there are, Bond is famous for his double entendres. Mm. It's obviously uh, it's Dr. Goodhead in Moonraker, I think. Yeah. Uh, uh, small Bush rings a bell. I think, yeah, is that Small which? Bush was in Octopussy, I think. And they're all kind of, you know, they're the kind of names that, you know, they could pass for real names. <clears> but I don't know if I've ever met anyone, anyone with the same Galore and certainly no one with the first name Pussy. And it just seems 
just I don't know, just kind of quite on the nose, really. It's uh, yeah, a bit too. Any level, does it? Well, it makes me think that you know, if you, you Mr. and Mrs. Glaw, you have a baby daughter, what are you going to call her? And the dad just goes, "Pussy." <laughs> it's a bit wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You've been drinking again, haven't you? No. It's not short for anything, can it? I don't think. I mean, it's not even a real name. Of course, it can't be. What am I talking about? Well, I suppose you could call her Puss. Yeah, maybe. Probably going to get loads of emails now from people saying, my name's Pussy, it is a real name, thank you very much. Yeah, they probably will. Well, imagine introducing them to your parents. Mum, Dad, this is Pussy Galore. <laughs> yeah, that's true. When I, when I, going back to my, a bit of a tangent, but my uncle who thinks the moon landing was faked and oh, likes yeah. Jaws, and he, when I first uh, introduced uh, my now wife and girlfriend to him, uh, his first response was just go, oh, right, is this your bit of stuff? Oh. Yeah. And that was a kind of, uh, I don't really know how to answer that. Do I say, kind of, say yes, it is, uh, and hope and just let it go? Or I can't actually remember how I did. I think we both just kind of looked really kind of uh, looked anywhere but at him, really. You should have said that. It's incredibly inappropriate. But yes, yes, it is. <laughs> Tell me again about Jaws 4. <laughs> oh, Jaws 4. I wish we were talking about Jaws 4. I could talk oh. for hours about Jaws 4. It's <laughs> safe watching it. Yeah. It sort of sounds like Jaws Formby, which oh, is a whole yeah. different film. Maybe that's why they don't call it Jaws 4, because it's technically just Jaws, the revenge, isn't it? Maybe it is. that's why his estate challenged the uh, slice. <laughs> Imagine that. He didn't spend his life cleaning windows for this. <laughs> well, his wife famously told a South African Prime Minister, I think, to piss off. Oh, really? Uh, based on the apartheid. So she'd been very furious about a sh- you know, yeah. shark infringing on their copyright. Absolutely. A vengeful shark as well. Not just any shark. Yeah, not just any shark. One that actually travels thousands of miles to, to bite you. Yeah, it's about you and Michael Caine. Yeah, hoagie. <laughs> you did, was it, I'm sorry, we've gone on a real tangent now, but I'm yeah. pretty sure that's the case that he was unable to collect his Oscar. Yeah, because Hannah and his sisters, yeah. That's, yeah. And uh, his famous quote, I have not seen the film, but I've seen the house which it built. It's very nice. <laughs> so uh, next week on uh, Jaws Pod, we'll be <laughs> talking about Jaws 3D. Oh, God. I actually think Jaws 3D is worse than Jaws 4, but I'm digressing a lot here, so... Mm. Yeah, I think you might be right. Jaws is fun. Here's a question I have about Sean Connery. Oh, yeah. And there's maybe loads of people going listing loads of them when I say this, but he seems to me from off the top of my head, is he one of those actors who every film he does, he gets away with just doing his normal accent? I can't think... Can you think of any examples of when he does do... No, I can't either. He is basically the the, uh, pre-Arnold Schwarzenegger... Yeah, cool. yeah. He makes, he's got such a distinctive accent. Yeah, I mean, he, he, um, he even played a Russian submarine captain. And being like, <laughs> yeah, That's true. I seem to vaguely, oh, just, seem to vaguely, maybe The Untouchables, was he meant to be Irish in The Untouchables? He was meant to be Irish. He made, he made a couple of efforts in The Untouchables to drop an Irish accent, but barely. There's Isn't one moment where he says, oh, would you look at the heathen? But that's about it. <laughs> So I'm sure in Kevin, in with uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, which is a film I really like, by the way, unapologetically. Do you? Oh, yeah, I do. I think yeah. we need to talk about that. Why do you like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? I just, I think, partially nostalgia. I, I just quite, I just think it's quite a rollicking good adventure, really. You were, um, you were at the right age. I was seven when it came out, was it 91? Yeah. yeah, 91, yeah. But yeah, I seem to remember reading once that, on, that, he, that Costner intended to do an English accent for that, and then within, like, the first half day, he decided he'd just rather just switch back to his um, Robin of Loxley and just can continue... With that, so I think he, I think he gave it a go very briefly, and presumably such was his power at the time that he could just say, "No, I'm not going to do that." Yeah, I think. But I kind of do admire that with with actors who can. I'm going to go for another tangent here, but my favourite example of an actor who, who actually, there's a slight tenuous connection because it's about Sean Bean, and he is in a future Bond film, so oh, yeah, yeah. 
connected, but my favorite in the first Lord of the Rings film, he mostly does do a very good kind of just, you know, posh English accent, the very air you breathe is a poisonous fume, all that kind of stuff. But there is the one scene where they're trying to climb over the mountain. It's the kind of uh, uh, snowstorm blowing. Yeah. When he shouts, his accent goes completely out of the window. It's like, we have to get off the mountain, make for the Gap of Rohan and take the West Road to my city. <laughs> that was a very good impression. Oh, thank you. My city obviously being being Sheffield in that case. Yeah. But yeah, that's but I kind of admire the fact that at least he gave it a go for most of the film. And then but where's Connery? I, as, as I say, I can't seem to think of any I kind of respect that the fact that he just kind of says, No, it's gonna be my normal. I, I think the only film I've seen him doing an accent, and this goes really far back, it was a Disney film called Oh shit, it wasn't called that. Uh, it was called yeah, something like well, I don't think. it was called something like Finton McGee and the Little People. I'm going to have to look it up later, but it was like a Disney film about uh, an Irish town. Okay. And this is before he was Bond and famous, so he's only a bit part in it. And he is actually trying to do an Irish accent all the way through. Oh, good on him! Not very well. I suppose when you're James Bond, you can just say you know. Yeah, sort of, I'm Sean Connery. I mean, he was so he to, to be fair to Connery, he was so good at, hmm. at being Bond and so well received by everybody that Fleming then introduced into the books because he was still alive when Connery started doing the role. Yeah. He introduced into the Bond books that Bond was had Scottish family. Oh, interesting. So he, he was trying to sort of retcon, as they call it these days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that Bond, this is why Bond sounds Scottish. Isn't that interesting? I didn't know that. So if he was still alive now, he'd be like, and he had a bit of Welsh <laughs> and he was a bit Australian. And uh, he is very much Roger Moore. Yes. Anyway, talking about Goldfinger. Yes, let's do that. So, what what do you uh, what was your best moment in the film for you? I uh, let me try and think. I did enjoy the whole golf sequence. Mm. I just found that quite entertaining. Yeah. I think it does have a very good final set piece. I think the whole thing around Fort Knox and the big shootout there and everything else. I thought that was genuinely thrilling. Oh, I love I love the end because it's a bit like the Crystal Maze for a moment because Bond's <laughs> yeah, chained to this bomb. And there's this yes. moment where Oddjob's looking down on him and you're almost like, he's, he's almost going to start shouting, pick pick up, pick, pick, pick that up. <laughs> no, don't do that. Go to the left, go to the right. One minute left. And all I could think of was, have you seen Naked Gun 2? Yes. You know the bit at the end when they have to defuse the bomb? <laughs> and I'm <laughs> yes. pretty sure the bomb at the end of Naked Gun 2 is they've made it look exactly the same as the one in Goldfinger. I think you might be right, actually. Yeah. It's got all the spinning circles in it and everything. And, and that, it looks like a cheap bomb, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And as they run away, they trip over the power cord and unplug it. That's right, That's yes. That's how they diffuse it. And uh, there's also like a continuity error in Goldfinger as well, isn't there? Because oh, bomb, the, the fellow reaches over and diffuses the bomb mm-hmm. and the timer stops at 007. Yes. Okay. And then Sean Connery says, three more clicks and we'd have all been dead. Oh, yeah, that's true. I did pick up on that. Yeah, and I remember reading that they changed it afterwards to just make it funny that it would stop on 007. And then someone presumably says, but what about his line afterwards? Oh, people won't remember. Yeah, probably. People aren't going to care. They're going to be too busy whooping and hollering because Bond has saved the world again. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I did, I did notice that. I don't think I made a note of it, but I was probably just so exhilarated by this whole final sequence. But I do remember that, yeah. There's also the moment where Goldfinger decides, right, I'm going to dress up as a US colonel. Right. Yeah. And I'm going yeah. to still speak in my sort of weird German accent <laughs> and also have a giant gold gun. Yes, I did, I did enjoy the gold gun. So I, was, I wrote down he's the man with a golden gun, not not the golden gun. Oh, very good. Yeah. Yes. So just to avoid any confusion with if someone turns that on and goes, oh, he's got a golden gun, this must be the man with a golden gun. <laughs> no, he's just sort of a golden gun. We missed all the Jaws 4 stuff. We're into the good stuff now. 
Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I, I did like the fact that they have the, uh, the, the, the uh, you know, you, you think everything's fine. Bond's on the plane at the end. Yes, yes. He's going to go and meet the president. Obviously, he wouldn't want to now. <laughs> and, uh, and then Goldfinger comes out with his golden gun again. I remember when I was, because obviously I have seen this before, but I was watching it again over the weekend. And when it came to that point, I'd, I'd forgotten about the whole kind of, you know, he's not quite dead. Yes. Um, and when he kind of burst out on the plane, I kind of looked at how long was left in the film. I thought, oh, God, there's still almost another 15 minutes left. And it said, I think it said something like a minute and a half left. And I thought, well, he's obviously going to deal with him pretty quickly. And it, it was a pretty uh, quick dispatching through the... Like, well, actually, one thing that did bother me a little bit was hmm. when, when Goldfinger gets sucked out of the window. Yeah. I, I don't know if it, I'm reading too much. It seemed like there was a bit of a comedy, oh, he's too fat to fit through the window thing. There going definitely on for was, second, yeah. Which seemed a little bit, I don't know, unnecessary. They could have made more of it, though. Yeah, it could I mean, have been like uh, Augustus Gloop from the Chuck Island Chocolate. <laughs> oh, I've eaten too many chocolates. <laughs> or like that guy from The Simpsons. What's his name? Did oh, Uta, uh, is it? Uta, yeah. yeah. Oh, I've eaten too many chocolates. <laughs> could have been very good. It was a little bit like, yeah, it felt a little bit. I suppose bit, it's, so. the, it's the harsh reality of life. If you, if you were on a plane and uh, you got sucked off, as it were, mm-hmm. it would be over quite quickly. I suppose that's true. I suppose that's what they're trying to say. You know, this is real life, guys. <laughs> if you get sucked out of a window, hey, it's like that. Yeah, you, you're there for one minute. You know, one second later, you're gone. That's how quickly it can happen. I like his joke though, because uh, when she says, "Where's Goldfinger?" he says, "Off to play his golden harp." Yes, quite like that. Yes, I did like that. That was good. It's not. It's not a zinger, but it's, Fair no, it's but satisfying. It's, it's, you know, perfectly good, serviceable. Yeah, but and then they jump out on their parachute, don't they? And then they're. We don't want to rescue you. It's like, this is not the time to be rescued. Also, yeah. I can't really get wedding, but yeah, he... Uh... It makes me wonder what else his penis could achieve. <laughs> because obviously before he's... I've been thought to Sean Connery's penis, I have to say. I mean, we all do it, but... Well, obviously, but he's, you know, he's presumably thinks he may have turned a woman gold. He's mm-hmm. made pussy galore turn from a baddie into a goodie like that, you know. Yeah. Which makes me think, you know, what else could he possibly achieve? He could take it to the UN. <laughs> so, you know, there's any wars that happen... Send my cock with me attached, obviously, and uh, I'll have it done in a day. They didn't really seem to explore that in the subsequent films, as as I can remember. Lazy, it's a bit of a missed opportunity, really. It is. They had that, you know. They had the world in their palm of their hand there, and they they refused to go down there. One thing I was wondering with that final scene as well was I don't know if it just speaks to me as being just a a big anxious warrier which I am hmm. was the, when, the, when the plane flies overhead and he kind of says oh this is no time to be rescued and he kind of hides from it you see the plane vanish into the distance I kind of my first thought was what if it doesn't come back this way yeah presumably yeah he pussy galore I suppose so yeah it's kind of there's probably a side film for Bond there where he lives on an island with her for a, for a month like that Oliver Reed film where he lives with Amanda Donahue. oh yeah yeah, yeah. mad like that but no, less fat I mean, the way that women are treated in this film, it wouldn't surprise me if he kind of started tucking in within probably a couple of hours. <laughs> well, he was obsessed. He's obsessed with um, what their sexual arrangements are in this film, I noticed, because the first thing he says to Jill Masterson, as I said earlier, is, is Goldfinger fucking you? And then yeah. when he meets on a black man, when he meets Pussy Glory, he's like, oh, you're a pilot. She says, I'm his personal pilot. And he says something like, oh, how personal? Like, Mind <laughs> your own business. Yeah, to write it down. Is he fucking you? That's what he should have said. That's Sounds like he'd be quite possessive as a, as a boyfriend, wouldn't he, I think? Oh, he'd be awful. He'd be yeah. And he'd smack, her, smack him about. Yeah, you know, probably. In, those day, in that day and age. He'd be a proper Alfie. With none, yeah. of the, none of the charm. He'd definitely yeah. take them like in a wheelbarrow to Denim Elliott's 
backroom back abortion clinic. That's his style. <laughs> this has taken a very dark turn. It has. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's all. Um, right. Well, we're reaching we're reaching the end actually. So, well, one thing we should probably say before we hmm. go, of course, is maybe just the fact that this has got an absolute belter of a theme, a Bond theme. Oh yeah, absolutely. We can't. We'd, we'd be remiss if we went away without saying that. It's probably because it was. Am I right in thinking? I mean, you'll, you'll know more about this than I am. Is is Dame Shirley the only one to do two Bond themes? Because of course, she's come back for yes. Diamond forever. Is she the only one? She did three. Oh, did she? She did Moonraker as well. Oh, I didn't even remember that one. Yeah. Well, not many people do, to be fair. Oh, yeah, sorry, she did three. So yeah, she's the only person to do three. That's for sure. Um, and she can I'm, still belt that out. She, I'm sure at the Oscars when when Skyfall won, I think it was the 50th anniversary. I'm sure she. I can't remember which one she performed. It might have been Goldfinger, but she she could really belt it out still. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. She definitely can. She's she doesn't look as she doesn't sound as old as she is. If you know what I mean, when she sings. Yeah, is she about 80 now or something, right? Like something that? like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Sam Smith will be back for two more. <laughs> he did such a good job with Spectre. Well. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it is a properly. I think it's probably the first properly. You know, it, well, actually, does Russia, from from Russia with Love have a Bond theme? Does it have a, a song to go with? I can't remember. Yeah, it's got the Matt Monroe song from Russia. With oh, Love. of course it does. We're talking about. Yeah, but it's not as good as Goldfinger. I think Goldfinger is definitely one of the best. It's the kind of song you could sing if you were walking down the hard shoulder of a motorway <laughs> to a service station. I was going to say actually, there is a partridge thing in there because obviously Bond's tied to that table with the laser, and I've laser, just, I've just written down jumps. here. Yeah, laser beam yeah, up his jacket. Laser beam dash Jaffas. How are you spelling Jaffas, by the way? Oh, uh, J A double F A S. Yes, same here. Excellent. Yeah, Jaffas in arms. Yeah, of course, always. <laughs> always. Um, yes, I mean this is definitely the. the uh, going back to the theme, it's definitely one of the best. It's just so bombastic. It's so. Oh yeah. And it also face. uses the theme from it all the way through the film. Yeah, I don't know if that happens all the time. But certainly in this one. It does with John Barry. Yeah, he tends to use yeah. it all the way through the films. Um, but in this one, he uses it the best because it's just got that really nice riff. Oh, it's terrific! It really is properly terrific. Oh, he, he was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time he ducked out on a Bond film, you really noticed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mostly because he was a tax exile. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. For, he missed quite a few. Sometimes through scheduling, but mostly through being a tax exile. And mm, I'd be disappointed with that. Oh, it's poor. Mm. It's poor from Barry. That it is. So I'm going to ask you the, the smash questions now. Yes, we're reaching that point in the show, and it is Excellent. a show. Um, so, obviously, only only answer if you if you know. Okay. Okay. I know that's a stupid thing to say. I may strike <laughs> that from the record, actually. So, if there's first, a complete silence, then just assume I don't know. Yeah. If if you don't know anything, just stay quiet. And if you're still quiet in half an hour, I'll just I'll just turn <laughs> it off. The music will play, and that will be the end. Exactly. Yeah. So, who is the best Bond, and what is the best Bond film, in your opinion? Okay, best Bond for me, uh, Roger Moore. Yeah. Big fan of Roger Moore. Best mm. Bond film, I almost say, I would almost say The Spy Who Loved Me, but I think I'd actually go with On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Mm. Popular. Yeah. yeah. So what is the worst Bond film, and who is the worst Bond? Worst Bond, even though I've just said that's the best Bond film, I would probably have to say Lazenby wasn't the best Bond by any stretch, so i put him down as the worst Bond. Right. I know that's a very safe answer, but mm. sorry sorry to uh, to George. Best uh, best Bond. Uh, <coughs> oh, the question: Best Bond film or best? No, worst Bond film. Sorry. Worst Bond film. Sorry. Uh, I'd probably say when I when I did my big rewatch, uh, or sorry, my first watch through of all of them in over two months space, I seem to remember the Man with the Golden Gun felt like a real slog. I can't remember exactly why, hmm. but I remember coming out of that and thinking, "Oh God, yeah. that was really boring." So yeah, I'll go for that. Okay. Uh, who would you have as the next Bond? 
Um, probably be quite a popular answer, but I would love to see Idris Elba do it. He's probably getting on a little bit to kind of start as his first Bond film. I think he's in his mid-40s now, but I, yeah. I think he's tremendous. Well, I think Roger was about that, about that age. I call him Roger <laughs> because he's a friend of mine. So Roger, to me. But, uh... Well, of course, you know him better than me. Uh, but Bond is full of stupid names such as Money Penny, Smallbush, Good Head, Pussy Galore. Give me your best Bond lady name that you've just thought of now. Oh God, um, Jessica. Oh God, Jessica Bookshelf. Because I'm looking at a bookshelf. That is good. It's sexy. Because yeah. we don't know what's on that bookshelf. It might be loads exactly. of porn. Yeah. <laughs> Not on my bookshelf. Like Not on your it. bookshelf. Good goodness <laughs> me, no. What would your uncle say? <laughs> but it was so planted Jaws by the feds. Planted by Jaws Formby. Uh, uh, give me your best Bond film title that you've just made up. Um, um, locked in an attic. Oh, I like that. Completely false. <laughs> yes, I that could be the name of the, the theme. <laughs> Completely false. <laughs> A hypothetical fist fight takes place between Simon Templer, the Saint, and James Bond. 007. Who wins? Well, I've actually only ever... I've never seen the Saint TV series. I've only seen the Val Kilmer film from the mid-90s. Oh, Christ. So on that basis... Did you watch it every day for a year? (laughs) No, I I kind of gave up after about four or five months. Oh, yeah, I'd go with that. So, yeah, definitely Bond. Definitely Bond. Good. Finally, Mm -hmm. you're stranded on an island with Connery, Lazenby, Moore, Dalton, Brosnan and Craig. Who do you elect as leader to devise your rescue attempt? And if that fails, who do you eat first? I think I would elect Connery to lead it just because I, he has a very stern way about him. And I, I think I'd be scared to get a bollocking off him. Yeah. So I think he would really step to it. And I don't think he would help much, but I think we would all get the job done. Mm-hmm. If it does fail, uh, I think uh, I feel like I'm picking on poor George here, but I would go with Lazenby just because if we were rescued and all the Bond fans were kind of relieved, I think that's the one they would miss the least. Yeah. I think, I think if you come back and say we've beaten Roger Moore, there's only an eyebrow left. Yeah, I think everyone would be really sad. They probably first question probably would be, well, George Lazenby's there. <laughs> what were you thinking? Yeah, why didn't you eat him? So I mean, with with respect, George, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are. I'm sure he is. I bet they all are. I'd like to think so. Yeah, I hope Craig isn't. <laughs> Just because I'll probably get quite nasty about him when we get to his films. <laughs> Spoilers there, for everybody. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> right, well, Scott Innes. Mm-hmm. If that is your name. It is. Oh, good. Thank you so much for joining us this week and for making it an excellent episode, which I'm sure oh, everyone will agree with. Thank and you. If you for any future Jaws 4 chat, then please do uh, give my uncle a call. Yeah, well, when we get, when we get round to doing Jaws pod, <laughs> I'll get on, you'll get your uncle on. As it were. So thank you very much, Scott. Thank you, John. Goodbye. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com.
Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.